Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 130, and it's time for the free agency preview. NFL, Kyle's got 37 guys. I got them post-combine mock draft. That all ties together. Give me a good one. World yeah, we're also going to be going up in yeah, the World Baseball Classic. Uh, how does Derek Carr fit with the Saints? And uh, I guess we'll get right into it with the opener and the best thing that we saw from this past week. And I really enjoyed watching a lot of basketball on Sunday because there are some really good games on, especially in the ABC slash ESPN quadruple header that they had going on from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Uh, It was really fun to watch. Started off the day with the Suns and the Mavericks matching up for the first time since they made their big blockbuster trades. Devin Booker in this game led the way, or didn't lead the way, but he had 36 points. KD led the way with 37 points. Kyrie dropped 30. Luka dropped 34. And the Phoenix Suns 130-126 victory. After that, the Warriors played Stephen Curry's first game back. We ended up losing, uh, but still another good game there. Steph dropped 27. Anthony Davis dropped 39. After that, we were treated to a crazy game, double OT victory for the New York Knicks over Boston in uh, the TD Garden. Emmanuel quickly. How about him in this game? 55 minutes in the double OT win, dropping 38 points. RJ Barrett had 29. Julius Randle had 31. Jason Tatum had 40. Jalen Brown had 29. Just a whole bunch of crazy scoring performances. And that led us to our last game of the day, where it was the Grizzlies and the Clippers. (laughs) Grizzlies were the first team to lose a game where they scored 50 points in a quarter in Hmm. like, 10 years or something like that. Uh, But in this game, Desmond Bain had 30 points. Paul George, though, and Kawhi Leonard combined for 76 between the both of them. Paul George had 42. Kawhi Leonard had 34. Just an all-around fun day of basketball to watch uh, as we kind of, you know, start to look into that playoff picture and what's going on there. Yes, sir. The best thing I saw... Anthony Richardson's combine performance, man. AR-15, the Florida quarterback, weighing in 244 pounds. He was six foot four, and uh, the athleticism score was 99th percentile. You know, it, it's amazing seeing uh, another one of these guys. We've been getting them maybe once every four years. You know, the, these guys who are massive, and if they could just get it all together upstairs they're going to be unstoppable. And, you know, CJ Stroud looked like he was the best quarterback at the combine, but uh, Richardson made it clear, you know, to multiple GMs, man, leaving Indy. Don't forget about me. Yeah. Could be number one pick. And and I think we talked about this uh, a couple months ago. I'm not sure if it was on the podcast Mm -hmm. or not, but we were talking about how Anthony Richardson has that capability to jump up to the number one guy, just his athleticism. He's going to have a crazy combine end up doing that. I assume he has a great pro day too, in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, wouldn't be shocked if we see AR 15 being the first guy off the board. Definitely depends who trades up, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Bears keep the pick. He's not going number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. Uh, moving on to the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, and I got some good news for you, Skyler. We're yes. both part of the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. The Immaculate Sports Player of the Week is everybody not named John Morant because that's John good, Morant uh, that's a good one. had a very interesting week where he decided to wave a gun on Instagram Live and is now subject to a 50-game suspension if the NBA deems that he had the gun on the team plane. Uh, I guess that's in the rule book where Mm -hmm. you are automatically at a 50-game suspension. Uh, That obviously ruled John Moran out for the rest of the season. I assume that doesn't include postseason games, too, so it would probably be quite a bit in the next season as well, too. Uh, The modern-day Gilbert Arenas is here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have anything to say about John Moran or – Anything you'd like to thank for your first uh, Immaculate Sports uh, Player of the Week honors? Well, no, I don't need to thank anybody. I'm good there. But, yeah, John Morant's not going to play this year. And he's an idiot. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That was all his fault, man. Mm-hmm. Thinks he's from the hood, but he's not from the hood. <laughs> Moving on to the team reports. 
Big things coming up for the Jets and the Raiders. Skyler's got a smile on his face already. Have you been at, oh, having yeah. some of that ayahuasca already, Skyler? Are you ready Definitely. for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I'm ready, man. You know, the Jets hopped on Woody Johnson's private plane a couple hours ago to go meet with Aaron Rodgers in California. It's the real deal. He could always say no, but it's it's happening right now. Man, the wheels are turning. It's not just talk anymore. We're, we should be there by now, you know, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett better be with him. <laughs> That's all I got to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> For the Raiders, some interesting stuff, I guess. We kind of just said that we aren't in the Rodgers sweepstakes, that we're not going to be going after him. Uh, there's some conflicting rumors about Lamar that if we were like, you know, perhaps could be interested or we're not interested at all. There's it's too early to tell for that stuff. We'll Seems get like no one is, but yeah, it doesn't really matter yet. Yeah, we'll get more into Lamar in a little bit once we get to the free agency predictions. Uh, but outside of that, looks like Jimmy G could possibly be a Raider. Looks like they, he's like the top guy uh, according to McDaniel's or whatever, and that seems about accurate considering when you look at McDaniel's track record and the relationship that they had back in New England. That's about it right now. We'll know more in about a week and a half. And that's why we're doing our free agency predictions today, because the tampering period starts in six days. Let's go. But that's for the second half. The first half, we are talking about Derek Carr and we're talking about the World Baseball Classic. So we'll get right into Derek Carr and his four year, $160 million contract with the New Orleans Saints Really boils down to a two-year contract. However, if they cut him then, then it gets a little funky with the cap stuff. So two to three years is likely what we're looking at, at least for Derek Carr in the Bayou. What do you think about this move, and what does Derek Carr add to the Saints? First off, I want to uh, shout out my friend Wormy, who's a Saints fan. Uh, When I told him about this, he said, well, yeah, he's all right, but he's not Mahomes. So (laughs) that's what you should know about Saints fans, Kyle. Mm. And back to the to the main point here. Uh, it's a really weak division, man. Tom Brady's gone, so they could compete right away. They don't have to rebuild. That's the whole point here. Uh, they don't have to trade up for a quarterback now either, or at least a couple of years. And they love trading their picks, so that's still possible. And uh, they've had to do a lot of cap maneuvering recently, but it looks like they're going to figure it out. And they got to be the favorite in the South next year. Yeah. You said it pretty well with the Saints. They've been navigating cap hell for the last like three to four years now at this point. It seems like every year at the end of the season, they're, you know, a hundred million dollars in debt or whatever it is. Yeah. And they find a way to restructure contracts and get it done. And somehow they just signed somebody to a hundred and sixty million dollar contract and free agency hasn't even started at this point. But I like this move for Derek Carr. I think he it's it's an underrated place to go because you're throwing yeah. the ball to Kamara. Kamara has kind of, you know, been forgotten about with these last few years since Drew Brees left, since Winston, Eddie Dalton, who was ever playing quarterback, wasn't, you know, as good as getting mm. Kamara the ball. Uh, and then if Michael Thomas is healthy, he's obviously still a great rep weapon. And Chris Olave is only going to get better as time goes. And we even saw like Rashid Shahid even be quite a bit of yeah. a weapon down in the second half as, as far as a deep mm-hmm. ball guy and swing routes and all that stuff. So getting the ball in his hands is going to be a big thing. And I think Carr is going to be pretty good there. Uh, he already has the best defense he's ever had in his career. Now at this point, uh, a lot of good di- guys on that defense, including Tyron Matthew, DeMario Davis, Cam Jordan should be a fun squad. Uh, as with that division, like you're talking about super mm-hmm. weak division, they should be completely fine there. Um, as far there as is one scenario. Them. Kamara gets suspended for the year. Mm, yeah. Michael Thomas doesn't try and they have to cut him. Mm-hmm. And Chris Olave becomes injury prone. And but the if, Falcons if, if land that, Lamar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. But besides that, as of right now, if everything goes to plan for them, you're probably looking at 11 to 10 wins max. And I'd probably say divisional round exit. Which is a successful season for a lot of teams. Let's get to the World Baseball Classic, Skyler. We're going to go over our entire bracket here. Uh, And so how it works for anybody who's listening and isn't really too sure, there's four pools, uh, five teams in each pool. So pool A, B, C, and D. Uh, The winner and the second place team in all these pools will advance to the quarterfinals. There's four quarterfinal games 
obviously comparing to the yeah. four pools that there are. Uh, those four games happen, uh, and then the winners are sorted out from there, and we so forth and so forth get a bracket and go to the championship round that is held in Miami, Florida this year. Miami. So let's go to Pool A, and we'll go over some of the teams as we go yeah. into this. This is a pool. Let's see. I have some of the rosters up here. Let me pull them up. First off, uh, it is Taiwan or Chinese Taipei, as it said in the w, WBC uh, website. Some notable players on this team is Yu Chang, who is a utility man for the Guardians and the Pirates over the last few years. Uh, and then Suwei Lin, I'm pretty sure, is on this team, too. It was like a decently high prospect of, like five years ago. Now he's pretty mm-hmm. much bust. Uh, so that's Chinese Taipei. After that is the Netherlands or Kingdom of the Netherlands, which sounds pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. They it have does. a couple big leaguers on their squad. Jerickson Profar, I believe his brother's on this team, too. Yep. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Jonathan Scope, Didier Gregorius, Andrelton Simmons. Uh, and then they have Jair Jurgens too, who mm-hmm. you probably have not heard of in a while. Uh, but decent pitcher on some Braves teams that back in the early 2010s. Uh, after that is Cuba, led by Ioannis Cespedes and Louis Bob. Should be a fun team to watch there. Yoan Moncada is also on that squad, too. Uh, and then there is Italy, who has actually some pretty fun dudes on their team. Yeah. And South Relic, who's a top prospect. Dominic Fletcher, who's a decently high prospect in the Arizona Diamondbacks system. David Fletcher, Vinny Pasquantino, Nicky Lopez, Matt Harvey is on that team as well, too. And the last team in... Uh, Pool A is Panama, who has They're a, not great. a couple bit, big leaguers on their team, but nothing crazy. Uh, Christian Betancourt is really the name that stands out, I guess, on their roster. So who is the winner yeah. in this pool, and who's the runner-up? Yeah, the winner's got to be Netherlands. Like you said, it's a great infield. Bogart, Sandroten, Didi, Profar, the Scope brothers, too. Uh, you know, just like you said. And also, I think it's the best pitching in the pool. So they're going to be my clear number ones. Uh, number two is where we're going to differ a little bit. I'm going with Taiwan here. Some big league pitching. They're always good in these tournaments, man, because these guys play together. And I'm just not trusting Italy or Cuba this year. I know they seem to have pretty good lineups, but I I guess this is my way of not just going chalk. I'm, I'm going with Chinese Taipei, Taiwan, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, interesting. They also have the home field advantage. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say the team where it's at because I don't want to butcher it and yeah. you know sound all wrong and stuff. So I'm not going to say it, but I'm pretty sure they're playing in Taiwan. Uh, so there's that. I'm not picking Chinese Taipei, though. I'm going with the Netherlands as the winner. That seems to be the squad that stands yeah. out in this pool. And I'm going Italy number two because they got some some fun prospects on their team. And I think watching these guys combine uh, with a couple couple decent pitchers, as in the Dark Knight, is if we get him back from 2015 form. Should he was be one of my favorite players, man. Interesting team to watch, and I have them as my runner-up in Pool A. And that takes us to Pool B now, which is Australia, who has, I believe there's a couple big league guys on here, maybe, maybe some minor leaguers, but nothing too yeah. crazy there. Uh, China, who has... Uh, no Nobody. real recognizable yeah. names. Uh, they have Czechoslovakia, who is Eric Sogard and a bunch of like softball beer league players uh, from Czechoslovakia, of <laughs> yeah, course. A bunch, of, a bunch of hockey players. Matched up <laughs> with Japan, who has a great team led by Shohei Otani. Uh, Matsusaka Yoshida, who just came over. And some with the Red Sox, I believe. Mm-hmm. Lars Newtbar, who is their like token white guy. It's just kind of funny. Uh, and then Korea is the last team in this who has Tommy Edmond and a couple other big leaguers scattered around their squad. But a lot of big players in the KBO, of course, yeah. too. Uh, so who's your winner and who's your runner-up in Pool B? Yeah, the winner's going to be Japan. This round's going to be real easy for Darvish and Otani. And, and uh, that's kind of going to be the theme for Japan here. If they can pitch lights out, they're going to be just fine. And and second, it's Korea. They almost won it a couple tournaments ago. There's a lot of major leaguers. And the other teams in this pool just suck, man. So Korea is a really safe pick, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Australia. I don't like China. I don't like 
the Czech Republic in this. So I'm going Japan, obvious, as the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Korea is the runner-up, yeah. who has – it should be a fun team to watch because there's a lot of guys on that, that squad that are decent that we just don't know about yet because, yeah. you know, they they're not here yet. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, moving on to Pool C, that's where you're going to see some more recognizable names as well as in Pool D. Uh, first off, Team Canada, led by Freddie Freeman, Cal Quantrill, uh, Bo Naylor is on this team, A's prospect, Denzel Clark is on this team, Tyler O'Neill is also on here too. Uh, next up is Columbia, who has a couple big leaguers. Gio Rochella is probably the main guy on this team, as well as A's prospect, Jordan Diaz. Great Britain, who is led by Harry Ford, top prospect for the Seattle Mariners. Respect. Jazz Chisholm was supposed to be on this roster, but decided to not play in it. Uh, Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's brothers, also another guy on this team because they are from the Bahamas. And so they get that, you know, entrance there. Uh, Mexico, who has quite a few big leaguers. Randy Rosarena, Alec Thomas, Alex Verdugo, Joey Manessez, uh, Julio Urias, Alan Trejo, uh, Patrick Sandoval, Taiwan Walker, Jose Urquidy, uh, Giovanni Gallegos. And then the last team in Pool C is Team USA, which is just yeah. loaded. Kyle Tucker, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Jeff McNeil, Trey Turner, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Adam Wainwright, JT Romuto. We can go on and on and on with this roster. Seems pretty obvious who's going to win Pool C, but who's going to be your runner-up? And I guess you could say that who's going to be your runner too. Yeah, well, it's USA. They're going to be the winners of Pool C, and uh, I think it's because their pitching staff is really good. It, it looks like the starters only need to throw as much as four innings, and then the pen will be just fine. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, MVPs all across the lineup. But we already know that. So now we talk about Mexico. It's my runner-up. Uh, Urias, Urquidy, Taiwan Walker, Patrick Sandoval, that's a full rotation right there. Man, You don't see that across – across this entire tournament. And uh, that's going to be really helpful for Mexico. They just, uh, you know, unfortunately we'll have a tough matchup in uh, the second round, but I still like Mexico. Yeah. I'm going with the U S of course, to win the pool. Uh, My runner up team here would be Canada. So Freddie Freeman's the leader of that squad. And I think that team will be actually pretty decent once we get into pool play here in the next couple of days. Last up, Pool D, which is the Dominican Republic, which is absolutely loaded. Teoscar Hernandez, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, Yammer Candelario, Wanda Franco, Jeremy Pena, Manny Machado, Sandy Alcantara, Gary Sanchez. A ton of great pitchers on this team, too. Uh, next up is Israel, who has Zach Galoff, which is pretty cool. Danny Valencia, former A. Garrett Stubbs, who is on the Phillies. Jock Peterson. So decent squad there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that is that is Nicaragua, which has Erasmo Ramirez, and that's that's all they really got. Uh, after nice. that is Puerto Rico, who is a pretty loaded squad as well, too, led by Frankie Lindor and Javi Baez. And then the last team is Venezuela, which seems to be a pretty sleeper team yeah. uh, with Ronald Acuna, Anthony Santander, Luis Arias, Jose Altuve, Andres Jimenez, Eugenio Suarez, Pablo Lopez, Salvador Perez, Martin Perez, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Jesus Lazardo. Who are the teams banking it out of Pool D? The DR is going to win Pool D, and I don't think I need to say much about them. They are they're cracked. And I'm going to go with Puerto Rico. Over over Venezuela here. I, I think Puerto Rico is is not that much worse than the DR. It, it, the lineup's just not as crazy. And um, that's a team you don't want to face it for USA. It's Puerto Rico when they're hot. So I'm, I'm taking them over Venezuela. They got a lot of good energy. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, winner here, I'm going with the DR. But my runner-up is going to be Venezuela instead of Puerto Rico. I think Puerto Rico's got a great squad, but Venezuela's got some... Some really, really good energy guys. And I think their lineup is going to fit perfectly together in in a tournament like this. So moving on to the quarterfinals. The first one that we have will be the Pool B runner-up and the Pool A winner. So who do you have winning game one of the quarterfinals one in Tokyo? Yeah, I got uh, Korea over the Netherlands here. I think Korea is really good. And and the Netherlands, you know, also not a bad squad. But they're they're not in this upper tier. They got lucky. They got an easy easy pool here. It's gonna be fun watching them tonight, man. But they're not getting past Korea. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm also going with Korea over the Netherlands in this game. <laughs> Moving on, quarterfinal game two will be uh, Pool A winner, which will be Japan versus the Pool B. Wait, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My bad. Other way around. Pool A runner-up and Pool B winner, which will be Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, I got Japan beating the crap out of Chinese Taipei here. Uh, again, uh, unlucky for them. I'm sure you feel the same way about Italy, that you you really hope they could go on some magical run here, but there's just no shot against Japan. Yeah, I, I'm in the exact same boat. Italy versus Japan here, and Japan's running away with that one. Yeah. Next up is the games in quarterfinal two, which are in Miami. First one is the third game, of course, and that's Pool C runner-up versus the Pool D winner, which will be the Dominican Republic for both of us. Yeah, uh, I got the DR over Mexico. There's going to be some really good pitching in this game, but uh, the DR lineup's too good to to be contained like that. So I got to go with the DR. Yeah, I'm going with the DR here too. I have them matching up against Canada in this one. Canada's decent, but they're just not the yeah. same level as the Dominican Republic team. Moving on to game four in the last quarterfinal matchup, the Pool D runner-up versus the Pool C winner, which is the U.S. for both of us. Yeah, I originally was really scared to face Puerto Rico, like I said, as a a USA supporter and member. (laughs) But I'm taking the USA. I'll say it again, man. If your starters only have to go three or four innings, it's going to be really easy on the rest of the team. And that's how I think it's going to go here. Yeah, uh, I also have the U.S. winning. This, for me, will be over Venezuela. Uh, and that would set up a Korea, Japan, Dominican Republic, and USA Final Four, which seems like it's going to be really, really fun. And that sets us up for the semifinals, mm-hmm. which are on March 21st in Miami, Florida. Uh, and the first game would be Korea versus the Dominican Republic. Who do you have here? Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the DR. Um just just coming up short here with Korea and uh, they finished third I think multiple times over the past 10 years and that's that's how it's going to go again man third or fourth here because the DR is is way too good to be losing before the final yeah I have the DR here too uh, which would set up the DR being in the championship versus either Japan or the US and Skyler who do you have for this I'm taking the U.S. of A, Kyle. There's only one way that Japan is going to win this game. It's if the pitching is completely unhittable because I have the best two teams in the tournament getting to the final, and you can't really tell me otherwise right now, at least before we watch a couple of their games. Yeah. Uh, for for Japan, it's going to have to be a perfect storm. They're going to mm-hmm. need Shohei Otani on the mound. He's going to have to absolutely deal against this USA team. Uh, and then on the other side, the U.S. should be fine against the Japanese lineup. And I think that's how it's probably going to go. The U.S. Mm-hmm. wins probably a you know, three to two, two to one ball game uh, <clears throat> and takes it to the championship for a dream matchup between the Dominican Republic yeah. and the U.S. of A. Skyler, who do you have in this Perfect matchup. Yeah, I've been going back and forth for for weeks now. And uh, on my bracket, the official Immaculate Sports version, I'm going with the USA to beat the DR. Uh, A lot of my thinking had to do with Vlad Guerrero Jr. being out and USA having a lot of of news coming out, you know, from Mark DeRosa, the manager, saying everyone is is in sync. They're ready to go. He's going to play the hot hands. Uh, He's going to play guys like Trey Turner and Mike Trout every single inning because that's who we want to watch. And I'm, I'm down with that. That, that kind of culture seems to seems to win these things and it worked last time too. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm picking the U S here. Maybe I might be a little bit biased, but we just, <laughs> yeah, maybe in, but... in everything except for starting pitching. And the thing is with this, if it's a seven game series, maybe the Dominican, yeah, exactly. Yeah. but it's a one game thing. You don't need guys to throw five, six innings for you. You're just going to need two innings from your starter at least. And mm-hmm. then go from the bullpen, the rest of the game out. It's such a good bullpen. The West will be fine. Yeah. Uh, the lineup is so good. And I see us repeating as champions, which should be so fun to watch because we don't get meaningful baseball in early to mid-March that often. And when you do, you can't take it for granted. 
So let's go to halftime. All right. I got one thing in halftime for you. I, I just I wanted to keep it short and sweet. I got rid of the rest. Just the post combine mock draft 8.0. Uh, I, I have an interesting scenario that I, I want to run by you. You may think, okay, you're an idiot. You're reaching. You're just trying to do some different things here. But I, I want to talk about some different scenarios. So we're going to start it off with the number one pick. The Bears are going to trade down one spot with the Texans. The Texans do not want the Colts to get the number one pick. If they get C.J. Stroud, who's probably their top choice, it's wraps for them. They're in the same division. The Colts are going to start winning. So they're going to go ahead because it won't be as much. They're going to take Bryce Young. I believe that's their guy. They're probably still the top guy because he wasn't historically underweight at the Combine. That's pretty much his goal over the past month. Uh, And number two, they're going to trade down again. The Bears are going to trade down to nine. Panthers coming up to two to take C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. I really think that's their guy, and and they're kind of 1A, 1B right now, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And uh, that's just who I think these two teams would want. I think Frank Reich would rather have the pocket passer than uh, than someone else. That's just my opinion. And the Bears get probably three or four first-round picks by these two trade downs. Yeah. Uh, number three, the Cardinals. Interesting stories coming out of Indy. Um, a lot of respected people say the Cardinals are going to take Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. Maybe a Trayvon Walker type of situation where he's obviously not better, but he's just got, you know, crazy speed for his size, 270 pounds. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm going to give him Tyree Wilson because those are the rumors. Uh, Number four, the Colts end up sitting and taking Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. Uh, We know Mark, not Mark, um, Jim Irsay. Jesus, Mm -hmm. what Mark am I thinking of? Uh, Cuban? (laughs) Maybe Cuban. Uh, he loves his, uh, his traits and that's all Anthony Richardson is right now. And I think they'll be fine with that. Uh, number five Seahawks, they get the guy they thought they would not be getting here. Jalen Carter because of some off field concerns. Uh, he was street racing with teammates and one of his teammates passed away and it's a horrible situation, but I feel like John Schneider and Pete Carroll don't really care about that kind of stuff. Once they get into the building and they can, you know, get their hands on them, you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, all right. So number six, the Lions are like, are you kidding me? Will Anderson's here? Of course, I'm going to take him. Right. Uh, number seven, the Raiders. Uh, if they get to sit right there and take Will Levis, I think they'd be fine. I think the combination of Will Levis and and Garoppolo, I know giving away my pick uh, in a couple minutes, but uh, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, eight to the Falcons. He's a top corner from Oregon. Uh, the Bears are going to take Paris Johnson Jr., best tackle out of Ohio State at pick number nine. And the Eagles, uh, scary pick here, Devon Witherspoon, the DB from Illinois. Uh, if he goes to to Philly, I'm sorry, NFC East. That's uh, Makes Bradbury expendable too, by the way. Absolutely. And uh, we'll jump around here. Number 12, uh, the Texans. I haven't taken Miles Murphy, as from Clemson. I've been hearing he's a... Uh, Kind of like uh, Cleveland Furl from a couple years ago, where if he was the guy who randomly went number three, no one would be shocked, but also could fall a little bit. Um, I have the Jets at 13, taking Peter Skaronsky, old lineman from Northwestern, because he could play tackle or guard. We don't really know uh, where our linemen are going to be. You know, Elijah Bear Tucker could play anywhere. He doesn't really have a home yet. So that'd be an interesting guy to kick inside. Uh, Patriots, Joey Porter Jr., that would upset me. But it's been seeing seeming like a, a good fit for them. I got at number eighteen the Lions, Bijan Robinson. Again, uh, you know, I, I did a couple situations here where Bijan Robinson ended up going uh, going in the second, and I didn't like that. So I was trying to figure out who would be the team who thinks they're they're ready enough to grab a guy like Bijan Robinson, and I had the Lions. Uh, Nolan Smith, twenty one to the Chargers. They could be cutting a lot of guys, so. Uh, this guy's really fast. Top receiver. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed Quentin Johnston going a little earlier to the Bucks, but uh, the Ravens, Jackson Smith and Jigba. That seems like a good fit. Um, even if Lamar's not coming back, you still need a receiver, man. Um, Bengals taking the top tight end off the board a couple picks later at 28. Dalton Kincaid from Utah. And the last pick, the Chiefs, Brian Brzee, D-Sackle from Clemson. Uh, another guy who has some some issues, and Kyle's 
not liking that. I'm sorry, it's Kyle. It's just how things work for the Chiefs, man. I know, you man. Know, they just I know. get these studs. And, uh, yeah, I, I could possibly put this on Twitter later, too, because I skipped around. And if anyone's listening and you're like, what the hell, you didn't say my favorite team, well, just let me know. I'll post it. And uh, that's the mock draft. We're getting to the point where now where we can have certain certain players. We're like, oh, obviously Lucas Van Ness, if he's available, is going to the Packers. That's their biggest need. You know, just little stuff like that. So it's cool that we're getting to that point. We finally know a little bit. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for halftime. Welcome back to the second half where we are going through 37 guys and their locations going into this next NFL offseason as free agency starts, I believe, officially next Wednesday. But the tampering period, like we we're talking about earlier, starts on the 13th, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So we'll start from the quarterbacks. We'll go position by position and make it a little bit simpler than we have in years past uh, to follow along. So starting off with the big dog, Lamar Jackson, uh, the main talk of free agency, of course. He got the non-exclusive franchise tag today by the Ravens. And if you're wondering what that means, because it seems a little complicated, is that he is kind of under contract for a one-year $35 million uh, contract with the Ravens as of right now. I almost said Raisins. Uh, (laughs) However, he can go talk to other teams go sign like an offer sheet similar to an NBA restricted free agent. Uh, And if the Ravens don't match that offer, then Lamar will go to the team that he signed the offer sheet for. And the Ravens will get back two first round picks from that team. Uh, Obviously that'd be over this year and next year. Uh, And then if the Ravens say, Hey, that contract that Lamar signed was say the Falcons, whoever it is, is something we're willing to do. They can just match it and keep Lamar, not give up any picks, any of that stuff. Uh, so with that being said, do you think Lamar sticks with the Ravens here or what do you think happens? And if you do think he sends yeah. an offer sheet, the Ravens match it, where do you think he signs that offer sheet from? I think uh, he's going to sign an offer sheet for Miami. But the issue with that is it's got to be after the draft since Miami lost that first round pick this year. And with the offer sheet, what I was reading is you can't pick and choose which draft picks. It's your next two draft picks. So since they don't have any, they're not eligible for the offer sheet. Uh, and Miami, I know they have a quarterback. I don't mind too. Uh, it just seems like with uh, the Jets going in on Rodgers, uh, no one really knows what the Raiders are thinking. Um, uh, Cargon, um, this seems like one of the only teams. And Atlanta um, said they're not interested, which shocked yeah. me. So this would be the next team up make the offer yeah it seems pretty interesting uh with what is going on with lamar and teams not saying that they're saying that they're not interested or whatever is going on uh and what i kind of think is happening is that the ravens and lamar jackson are so far off as far as numbers go that they want to go let lamar go talk to these other teams and see what they have to offer because they know what they're going to offer is not going to be anything close to what Lamar is offering. I see. So, okay. kinda, so they could match them easily. Yeah. They're kind of caught yeah. calling his bluff. I guess you could say uh, if a team, say the commanders, whoever it is, ends up, yeah. you know, giving them $250 million guaranteed, whatever it is, like a the Sean Watson contract, then the Ravens kind of say, well, fuck, we're screwed. Uh, we just lost our franchise quarterback. The guy that was going to lead us to a Super Bowl within these next 10 years uh, and now it's just back to square one with Tyler Huntley. But uh, that's not going to happen. The Ravens are going to get him back at some point. This guy is too big of a quarterback to see moved in free agency. It's just not going to happen. All right. Next up, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I think it's Vegas. He's kind of the, uh, w- well, if if Rodgers does go to the Jets, he's kind of the last of the vets available. And I feel like Vegas needs one if they're going to keep uh, McDaniel around and if they're willing to to fire McDaniel after this year then you don't have to get Jimmy G but I I think they're going to try to keep that that head coach GM combo together a little longer so Jimmy G yep I'm saying the same thing where Jimmy yeah. G is going to be a Raider and I think the only thing that would be stopping this would be Garoppolo knowing that the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback. I assume that would be within their meetings that they would have as free agent to the player. 
that they would discuss the the topic of drafting a quarterback and what they want to do there. And the only thing stopping is Garoppolo not wanting to go through that again with Trey Lance. And I mean, Brock Purdy really wasn't Brock Purdy. He only got to play because Jimmy G got hurt, mm-hmm. but you get what I'm saying there at that point. Uh, and so I think he ends up being Vegas and I think he, he probably will be okay with that. He's going to probably get 30 mil this year, whatever it is. Uh, to go be a bridge quarterback for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud, whoever yeah. it is, uh, and go play in the AFC West where it's super hard to win ball games. Next up is Daniel Jones. We kind of know this one now. We made this list last night. Uh, we signed a four-year, hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty million dollar contract, very similar to Derek Carr's. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess we can skip over this one. Mm-hmm. Congrats, uh, Manny. And then the, yeah, the last one for quarterbacks will be Baker Mayfield, who is kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, he allegedly has a lot of teams bidding for him. I'm not really buying that right now, but I do have him going to Tampa Bay and trying to beat out Kyle Trask to start there, which is not the hardest thing to do based on mm-hmm. what we've heard. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that, Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the two teams that kind of stick out for me would be the Falcons or the Buccaneers. Uh, if the Falcons lose out on Lamar, then that kind of becomes an option as, you know, a fallout guy if Desmond Ritter doesn't end up looking good at all. Uh, the Bucks should be a pretty easy job doing with Kyle Trask. And then the last team would probably be the Commanders, uh, depending on what, like, Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. was going to do. Uh, so back up Sam Howell. Back up Desmond Ritter or take Kyle Trask's job. Those are his options. Interesting. On to the running backs. Uh, Saquon was listed first on here. He got the franchise tag today. However, he recently said that he does not want to play under that franchise tag. What do you think happens with Saquon? Uh, he stays and he sits. Uh, I don't see him going anywhere else, and it, it really sucks for him. But uh, I feel like that's how this thing's going to go. He's either going to play or he's going to sit. Well, sorry, play for the Giants or not play at all. Yeah, I, I'd say the Giants will probably end up figuring it out with him and giving him a, a decently long contract or big contract as far as running backs mm-hmm. go. Uh, but if a team was going to trade for him, I'm picking the Bills. And I know yeah. that would be terrible for a Jets fan to, to see that happen. So I'm sorry, Skyler. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. what the Bills saw last year with Christian McCaffrey and losing out on that and then how much that would have, you know, probably helped them in the playoffs, having a guy like that, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. And I think Brandon Bean is a pretty damn good GM over there in Buffalo and uh, getting Saquon would be a perfect addition to their squad. Next up is Josh Jacobs, who got the tag, said he'd be willing to play under the tag. Uh, do you think anything happens here? No, I think he's going to be fine on the tag. Yeah. One more year. Unfortunate, but that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Next up, Tony Pollard, who also got the tag. Do you think anything happens with him? Uh, No, no. I think all the tagged running backs are going to stay and figure it out. Uh, Probably not for multiple years, unless Saquon does get that big deal, but uh, especially Pollard. Um, Man, Zeke is owed so much money. If they could figure out a way to get out of that, then Pollard can stay. But other than that, it's not going to end well for them in Dallas. Yeah, Paul, Pollard will be there back as long as they show like value to him. If they still show a shit ton yeah. of value to Zeke, then he's probably gone. Uh, what the Cowboys are going to do, we don't know yet, but they awfully or they definitely have a lot of money owed to Zeke in these next few years. Yeah. Next up is Kareem Hunt, who was Nick Chubb's kind of backup, you know, Mix in back there, down back, I guess you could call it, mm-hmm. uh, in Cleveland. And now he's a free agent after wanting to be traded for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, that's exactly how you said it. He's obviously unhappy in Cleveland. So I haven't gone to Miami, and I don't I don't like it as a Jets fan, of course. But they haven't really tried this kind of running back in that system in Miami, and I, I think it could be dangerous because their running backs haven't been great recently trying to go cheap. So they'll spend a little bit on them. Yeah, uh, I am going to go with Buffalo. If I in my plan here, I said Buffalo would be interested in Saquon. I don't think it ends up happening. I think he stays with the Giants yeah. and works out everything there. So that running back is still probably something that wants to be addressed by the the Buffalo squad, and uh, they pick up Kareem Hunt. 
Next up is Miles Sanders. This is where I see Buffalo going. Miles Sanders. I think it's a guy that they'd like to take a risk on. And uh, a lot of people want them to take Bijan, but they took James Cook in the second round. So I don't know if they'd be willing to use a draft pick on a running back again, but uh, Miles Sanders, Buffalo. That's that's just my my pick here at all these guys. Seems like the most Buffaloian out of all of them. Don't know. As far as Miles Sanders goes, I don't think he returns to the Eagles. I think they would probably prefer to draft a guy, whether that's Bijan or Jameer Gibbs, whoever it is. They're probably going to want to take a guy out of the draft that just saved some money there. Uh, Miles Sanders could be a Ram in my okay. my mind here. I think the Rams are going to free up a lot of cap space with guys like Leonard Floyd getting cut, Jalen Ramsey probably getting traded, uh, and that would mean that they have some money to spend and they go get a decent running back in Miles Sanders. Next up is Jerick McKinnon, who had nine receiving touchdowns last year. Yeah, I think Kansas City is going to find a way to bring him back. Uh, I could definitely see a team like Miami giving them way too much money, but if that doesn't happen, it's back to Kansas City. Same thing for for me. I think he had a lot of success in Kansas City, and for a guy who's been so injured and hasn't really found a role over yeah. the last like five, six, seven years now at this point, being in Kansas City is where that guy wants to be, and I think that should be how it is. Next up, Leonard Fournette, and the last running back that we have on this list who was just recently cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have Fournette going to the Eagles. I think they're going to like, uh, you know, a guy with this kind of pedigree going into the offense uh, more than a rookie. I'm not saying they won't draft a guy. They probably will. But this is the guy they could use right away with Gainwell. And, um, you know, just the, that change of pace. Fournette's still really powerful. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that, again, that's everything the Eagles do kind of scare us right now. Uh, pretty much ever, scare everybody except for Kansas City. So that'd be an interesting yeah. fit. Uh, for Leonard Fournette, uh, I actually have him going to Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Mixon's in some interesting stuff with what happened to him yeah. last night. Uh, I'm not going to get too into that because we don't really know exactly what's going on. Uh, but it could be something there in Cincinnati. Uh, worst case scenario, Leonard Fournette is a better Samaj P. Ryan, who is like a power receiving back. Mm-hmm. Uh, who doesn't get a ton of carries, but is still really good with the ball in his hands uh, and ends up being a perfect fit in Cincinnati because of the way that their offense is just made up. Moving on to the wide receivers, a lot of bums here. Uh, mm-hmm. Not bums, average guys, I'd say, because the wide receiver class is just so, so bad this year. Uh, so I guess we'll start get started with the worst of the worst, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I got Kenny Galladay going to Green Bay. Here, especially if Rodgers is gone, uh, it's just an excuse to say, oh, look, we got a receiver. And it seems like they they have their own like checklist of how their receivers, you know, they have to be over six, three. They have to be uh, a certain 40. And uh, that's kind of all Galladay has going for him. So we'll see. Hopefully you can turn it around in Green Bay. Yeah, he, he seems like a patriot to me. Okay. So I'm going to England. Next up is Alan Lazard, who says he doesn't want to, or it kind of seemed underlying that he doesn't want to be in Green Bay on his exit interview last year. Okay. Well, uh, I have him going to the Giants, leave it. And uh, it's going to be real awkward when Saquon still isn't uh, extended, and then they give Lazard a whole bunch of money, but that's what I have happening. <laughs> I have the Colts as being the the new home for Alan Lazard. I think... Him and Michael Pittman should be an interesting duo, whether it works out the greatest. I don't know, but it'd be a guy that I think that team would want to throw a decent amount of money at uh, in order to improve a wide receiver core that was really not good last year. Next up is Juju Smith-Schuster, the new champion. Yeah, I think he should stay in Kansas City. Uh, I feel like this is the first year in a while he hasn't had any controversy for an entire season. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, his roles in Kansas City. And uh, I like it. Stay there. I think Kansas City would be a good spot, but I think the Chargers are going to be a team that offers him a little bit more money. Uh, And I think uh, considering Justin Herbert's ability uh, and just how weird their old line was last year, even though it was quite hurt and it probably won't be the same next year, having a guy that knows how to run routes and can get open early in plays is something that Juju does really, really well. And I think he'd fit perfectly in not San Diego and LA. Yes. 
And the last wide receiver, McCole Hardman. I have Michael Hardman to the Chargers here. I think the Chargers are going to overreact and exactly what you said, man. Oh, he's from Kansas City. He'll know how to do this, this, and this. But it's Michael Hardman, not Juju, so he won't really. And they're going to overreact and pay him because, uh, you know, Josh Palmer isn't a superstar yet or something. So uh, it's going to be weird for the Chargers, but this is their guy. Yeah. McCall Hardman, I have him going to Chicago. They have a shit ton of money, and I think they'd be the team to just throw like seventy-two million at, at McCall Hardman and just have him have like twenty-five catches in year one for like four hundred yards. Uh, it's probably going to be a terrible fit, but you know, speed kills, and uh, the Bears have a lot of money, so he's going to Chicago. On to the tight ends, Dalton Schultz. I have Dalton Schultz going to Cincinnati. Here, I think tight end's going to be a real, real focus. And I also had him taking Dalton Kincaid in the mock draft, too. So, um, so here you go, Joey Burrow. No yeah, excuses now. Jeez, man. I also have him going to Cincinnati, too. So we uh, match on one, except yeah. for the tag guys. Uh, next up, Evan Ingram, who got the tag from the Jags. Does mm. he stay there? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he had a great year, and someone will pay him next year, but... He's going to stay in Jacksonville. Yeah. Next up, uh, moving on to lineman Orlando Brown, who was not tagged. Pretty interesting yeah. there. Where do you think Orlando Brown goes? Oh, man. The Bears are going to give him whatever he wants here, and uh, and he's going to love it. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. He's going to be like a $100 million tackle for like seven years or something like that. Something crazy from, from the Chicago, yeah. and I think – He's not the exact same thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Jason Kelsey. Usually I wouldn't put a guy like this on yes. this list because it seems like such a lock. But ever since Freddie Freeman left the Braves, I have to do it for everybody. So That's Jason understandable. Uh, but yeah, he's not going anywhere. I don't think. I wouldn't if I were him and uh, I'm staying in Philly. Yeah. More the, ride. The only way that I could see him leaving would say if Creed Humphrey wasn't a person and the Chiefs didn't have, you know, like the best tack center in all yeah. of the AFC. So Jason Kelsey stays in, Can- not Kansas City, stays in Philly and uh, lets it ride with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Last guy, Taylor Lewan, just got cut by the, the Titans. Fun guy on a podcast with Will yeah. Compton. Pretty good football player too. Where do you have him going? He's going to uh, Will Compton's old team, one of them, Washington. Here. And uh, they are another team that's going to have a lot of money. And this isn't a bad way to start off your free agency when you have no direction. You have yourself a tackle. Yeah. I'm going with Tampa Bay. Uh, They're an interesting spot with tackles with Dom Smith uh, being kind of out of there now at this point. Uh, So I'm going Tampa Bay. He gets the blind side for Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. (laughs) <laughs> On the defensive side of the ball now, edge rushers and D tackles first, starting off with Bud Dupree, who just got cut by the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I feel like uh, they're a team who doesn't like to pay for the big edges, and this guy's going to be a little cheaper than the rest of the guys on this list. I'm going with the Falcons here. I think he'd be a fun edge rusher on that team, a speed guy. Uh, so Atlanta, they got a decent mm-hmm. amount of money. I think he goes there. Frank Clark, who is getting cut by the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I have Frank Clark going to the Vikings. Uh, It's a team who wants to become one of the teams that's well-known to go deep into the playoffs, and they don't really have any captains on the defense, and they just lost another one recently. So here's Frank Clark for you. Yeah, I'm picking Frank Clark to go to the Ravens. It feels like a lot of these, like, you know, just out of their prime edge yeah. rusher guys like to go to Baltimore. And I think he kind of fits that description quite perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy kind of like Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham. And I guess I'll include Fletcher Cox here too. Cause he's supposed to be up in a couple spots. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Graham's going to get the bag from new England. Bill Belichick wants all of the, the Philly secrets cause he's never beaten them. And uh, well, that's shit. He beat McNabb in the Super Bowl, so never mind. But in the past twenty years, he hasn't beat. Yeah. Him. Uh, and Fletcher Cox, uh, I'll say a one-year deal going to Cincinnati because I, it's another oh, situation. Sorry. Oh, nice. I have them both staying in Philly. Uh, I think those guys want to win the Super Bowl there again. 
and that makes sense. Last okay. guy, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, he's going to get a one-year prove-it from the Colts, send back. He got hurt. It was unfortunate, but he wasn't bad. And it's the Colts. They, like, trait guys, and this guy has some traits. Yeah. And that's about I, it. I'm doing the same thing, keeping him with the Colts. He likes uh, Gus Bradley and uh, followed him to Indianapolis, followed him to Las Vegas, and he's doing the same thing here. On to the linebackers, Levante David is the first guy. I have Levante David going to the Chargers. They do have to re-sign Drew Tranquil too, but I, I like the idea of, you know, they need a, another captain on the defense. Uh, that's a, a lot of the the teams who are going to make the playoffs, but I can't really see going on the playoff run. That's that's kind of their biggest need, and I'm keeping the theme going with the Chargers and Levante David here. Yeah, I'm going with Levante David staying in Florida, but going to Miami. I think that's a, a defense that can use a little bit more veteran presence. Uh, and Miami seems like a good spot for Levante. Next up is Eric Kendricks, who's getting cut by the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to have Eric Kendricks going to the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, I don't think, are going to blow this thing up. They you know, were interested in Lamar uh, at least couple of weeks ago not anymore but uh they're gonna have to win and uh they lost their best defensive player well, look, you know, a couple couple years ago and uh they need to try to replace him and here's a guy who gets a lot of tackles too eric kendricks yeah i have eric kendrick going eric kendricks going to the raiders uh first guy that i have going to las vegas here no state income tax uh so eric kendricks just keep that in mind when you're you know man- maneuvering for agency mm-hmm. Denzel Perriman, last linebacker here. 49ers. They're going to try to get one more guy in the defense, the front seven, who isn't a part of the game. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I I just had a, had a kind of a vision that Denzel Perriman in a Niners jersey. I don't know. I don't even know if it makes sense, but that's my pick. Yeah. Things didn't work out too well with Denzel last year. He didn't have as good as a season. Also was not healthy for most of the part. Uh, And I think he's going to go back to his ways and play under Gus Bradley in Indianapolis. I know Shaq Leonard was hurt most of that or all of last year, uh, but they could use another run stopping linebacker. And uh, Denzel Perriman fits that perfectly to a T. On to the cornerbacks and the DBs. Marcus Peters is the first guy. I got Marcus Peters going to the Texans. They got a lot of money and uh, no vets at all whatsoever. So here's one to uh, teach some young guys, teach uh, Derek Stingley how to be better. I'm going with the Cardinals on Marcus Peters. I don't have a crazy reasoning. I just think it'd be a good fit. Next up, James Bradbury. I got Bradbury going back to the Giants. Here, I, I think they both are interested in each other, and it just didn't work out last season, but uh, he'll be back. I have Bradbury going to the Jaguars. I think that would be yeah. an interesting spot there. They already have a pretty decent cornerback room with with Tyson Campbell kind of being the main guy there right now. Uh, and James Bradbury joining that room would make it, that defense quite a bit better, I'd say. Next up is Jonathan Jones. I think he does get the extension from New England unless they – they do draft a first round corner, but uh, for now, he's staying in New England. That's what I think, too. Okay. Uh, Pat Pete, kind Seattle. of a rival, by the way. Yeah. I feel like I should mention that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Seattle is a team with a really young secondary, and uh, maybe not to play Pat Pete every down, but, uh, you know, similar to Peters going to Houston, just a veteran in the, in the DB room. It's always nice to have. Yeah. Especially for a guy like Woolen and Kobe Durant. Yeah. Or not Durant, Kobe Bryant. Not, I don't know why I said Durant. The Kobe Durant is that guy. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, I have Pat Pete going to the Eagles. Bradbury's gone. I don't have him drafting a corner in the first round. I have B. John going there instead. Uh, so, Pat Ooh. Pete to the Eagles would be an interesting fit there. Uh, on to the safeties. Jesse Bates is the first guy on here. Uh, another guy that the bears are going to give a whole lot of money in my opinion. And, uh, I know they drafted a safety last year, but, uh, they don't have to worry about it anymore. They give Jesse Bates the bag. Jesse Bates. That'd be nice. Uh Joins a great secondary and goes to 
the Jets. Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer to the Raiders. How about that? Huh? Mm. You know, uh, some unfortunate uh, secondary draft picks in the past couple of years, but um, they're going to try to get it right through for agency this time. And Poyer's a great player. Yeah. Uh, I have Pro Bowl Poe going back to Buffalo uh, and sticking it out there, even though they don't have like a sour ending, but I feel like maybe he could have left. Uh, next up, Von Bell, who had a pretty damn good season for Cincinnati this past year. Yeah, I haven't gone to the Lions. Uh, the Lions, I, I think, are going to miss out on some of the big teams because they're the or the the big free agents because they're the Lions. And like you said, still, still a great season for Von Bell. He's just going to get a little less money and go to the Lions. Yeah, uh, I have Von Bell going back to Cincy. If you're losing Jesse Bates, I think getting Von Bell back would be a big priority for them. And so they do that. Marcus Joyner. LaMarcus Joyner to the Steelers. Secondary is uh, kind of a disaster right now. And Joyner was perfectly fine playing uh, free safety for the first time in a couple of years for us this year. Um, so I think someone's going to notice that and pay him a little bit because I don't think we're going to bring him back. We're going to try to get a little younger. I have LaMarcus Joyner going to the Eagles. You'll see what I have going on with CGJ, uh, which would be who he's replacing. Yeah. And I think he'd fit in pretty well in Philly, not having to do a crazy amount. And the last guy, Chauncey Gardner Johnson Jr., I think. Jr.? I don't know. I'll be like that. CJ, sure. GJ, I'm pretty sure. So it's Chauncey Jr., Gardner Johnson. There we go. Wow. Uh, I would love for the Jets to target this guy, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I have him going back to Philly. Last I heard was they had good talks, and that's usually a good start, especially when you're in the Super Bowl recently. And, yeah, he could go chase the bag, but uh, I'm going to predict he stays. So you had Pro Bowl Poe going to the Raiders. I yes. have Chauncey, Gardner, John, or Chauncey Jr. Gardner-Johnson going to – the Raiders instead. I would absolutely love this. I think he'd be a perfect just guy on a, our defense to have that's not named Max Crosby. Uh, and I would, uh, it'd be a, a great addition to the squad. And so please, CG, CJ, GJ, no state income tax once again. All Ooh. right. Let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions and let's get on out of here. Last week, I went 0 for 1 because I didn't make a bold prediction. I had Miami plus 1 versus Philly in Miami. Uh, that did not happen. Philly won by like 20 or something. Skyler had Arizona money line at USC on Thursday, and that did hit. So shout out Skyler there. Uh, this week, I have Italy advancing to the quarterfinals uh, as my layup. I don't know what the odds are there. I couldn't really find any odds for that, uh, but that's what I got there. Skyler's got an interesting one. Yeah, I'm also going with some international sporting here. It's uh, the Champions League. Bayern Munich is going to take down PSG on Wednesday. I heard Neymar's not playing. I'm a, a big Bayern Munich guy. My creative player on FIFA's there. there so go. I'm going with them. They got the 1-0 the uh, aggregate advantage heading into the final game of the round. So I'm going with Bayern. There we go. Who would have thought Italy and Bayern Munich in our layups? <laughs> uh, for our bold predictions last week, I did not have one. Skyler had a very interesting one where he yeah. had the Spurs beating the Pacers on Thursday to snap their 16-game losing streak. The losing streak got snapped prior to that game. However, due to certain circumstances, yes, it all worked out. The Spurs <laughs> won that game against the Pacers. Uh, and had a two-game win streak at that point. So I guess good job to Skyler there. Uh, this you. week uh, is kind of the long-term one. I did this at the beginning of the NFL playoffs where I had the Kansas City-Philadelphia prediction. Uh, ended up hitting, of course, and I'm hoping the same thing here. I have the USA winning the WBC, and mm -hmm. we'll check on that in two weeks, or I guess 15 days from now because the championship game will be two weeks from today. All right. My bold prediction is going to be some NBA basketball. On Friday, the Mavericks will take down the Grizzlies on the road. Dallas, uh, I think it was 2-8 and eight with uh, with Kyrie last time I checked. And it's not great. They don't play a whole lot of defense. But John Morant is, is not going to be there. So yeah. if they were to upset and uh, 
get things going in the right direction, it would be this one right here. That's my bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for episode 130. A lot of stuff we talked about should be a decently long episode, probably looking at just over an hour maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, any, any closing notes you got, Scott? Man, first game of the World Baseball Classic tonight. If you're listening to this on the first day, it comes out. Eight o'clock tonight, Netherlands. Versus Cuba. Versus Cuba. Yoannis and Yoelkes. baby. Let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Go Team USA. Go Team USA. And let's tamper, Raiders. Let's get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson <laughs> and Eric Kendricks. Oh, we're already And Jalen Ramsey. And Lamar Jackson. And Deion Sanders. And Otto Graham. And Dick Buckus. And Ken Grippy Jr. And Dolph Shays and Wayne Gretzky and Usain Bolt. Let's get them all. But did you hop on a private plane to Chico to meet with Aaron Rodgers, Kyle? (laughs) That is it. Good night.